Heidelberg Catechism. Let's read together Lord's Day 18. What do you confess when you say he ascended into heaven? That Christ before the eyes of his disciples was taken up from earth into heaven and that he is there for our benefit until he comes again to judge the living and the dead. Is Christ then not with us until the end of the world as he has promised us? Christ is true man and true God. With respect to his human nature, he is no longer on earth. But with respect to his divinity, majesty, grace, and spirit, he is never absent from us. For there are two natures in Christ not separated from each other. If his human nature is not present where his divinity is, not at all. For his divinity has no limits and is present everywhere. So it must follow that his divinity is indeed beyond the human nature which he has taken on, and nevertheless is within this human nature and remains personally united with it. How does Christ's ascension into heaven benefit us? First, he is our advocate in heaven before his Father. Second, we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. Third, he sends us his spirit as a counter pledge, by whose power we seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and not the things that are on earth. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, do you remember the story of Elijah's confrontation with the Baal prophets on Mount Carmel? Israel was in a time of great deformation most of the people had followed King Ahab and his wife Jezebel in the worship of Baal. Elijah proposed a contest to see who was really the God of Israel. The people agreed that whoever sent down fire from heaven to light the sacrifice of his followers was the living God. Then follows the account of how the Baal prophets called upon their gods to answer their prayers. But there was no answer. Elijah mocked them by suggesting that they call louder, for perhaps Baal was meditating, or busy, or sleeping, or on some journey. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid any attention. Later in 1 Kings 18, we see how the Lord answered the prayer of his servant Elijah. Elijah didn't have to yell or scream. He didn't have to cut himself and shed blood to get the Lord to listen to him. The Lord simply heard the prayer of his servant. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and even the sacrifice and even the altar on which it was sacrificed. The Lord answered Elijah's prayer. He demonstrated that he truly was the living God of all Israel. He's our covenant God, who also today 
hears and answers our prayers. In Lord's Day 18, we learn on what basis the Lord hears and answers our prayers. Lord's Day 18 continues the Catechism's discussion of the Apostles' Creed. We're busy with the works of our Lord Jesus Christ, having dealt with Christ's birth, suffering, death, and resurrection. We now come to the ascension of our Lord. It's an area of doctrine that's easily overlooked. When we speak about what Christ has done for us, we so quickly go to the cross. What we so easily forget is that Christ has not only done something for us, also today, he continues his work for his church. In the coming Lord's days, you will see that Christ's ascension into heaven has great benefits for us today. Lord's Day 18 focuses more on Christ's priestly task. Lord's Day 19 on his kingly task. The thing that needs to be clear to us is that Christ's work did not come to an end with his death and resurrection. Our Lord went up into heaven because his work on earth was finished. But that doesn't mean that all his work was done. This afternoon, we'll focus our attention on the fact that Christ went into heaven as our high priest. I preach you the word of God under the following theme. Christ went up into heaven as our great high priest who showers blessings upon us. We'll see how Christ went up into heaven as our high priest and how he showers blessings Upon us. Lord's Day 12 makes a very clear distinction between the work that Christ has accomplished on earth and the work that he's still busy with today from heaven. In Lord's Day 12, we learn that the name Christ means the anointed one. Christ was anointed to a threefold task as prophet, priest, and king. Christ's prophetic task is something that is complete. He has declared to us the secret counsel and will of God concerning our redemption. Part of Christ's priestly task is also finished. He, by the one sacrifice of his body, has redeemed us. Yet the rest of our Lord's work is not yet finished. Christ continues with the second part of his priestly task today. He continually intercedes for us before the Father. From heaven, he also accomplishes his kingly task, governing us by his word and spirit and defending and preserving us in the redemption he has obtained for us. This afternoon, we'll focus on how Christ ascended into heaven as our great high priest. I'd like to draw your attention to our reading from Luke 24. It's referred to by our catechism as, for, as proof for the fact that Christ went up into heaven. Yet this passage does more than that. It also shows us something else. It reveals Christ as our great high priest. Listen to what Luke says in verse 50. When he that is, Jesus had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and 
bless them. In Israel, blessing the people was part of the task of a priest. The task of a priest is clearly revealed to us in the work of Zechariah in the temple at the beginning of Luke's gospel. Zechariah was chosen to present the incense offering before the Lord in the holy place. The procedure used was as follows. Burning coals from the altar of burnt offering were put on the altar of incense. Then the priest would pour the incense, a compound of fragrant spices, on the coals. The result was that a sweet-smelling aroma went up to the Lord. Together with the smoke, the priest would offer a prayer of thanksgiving for blessings received and supplication for the peace of Israel. After presenting the incense offering to the Lord, the priest would go out of the holy place. He would lift up his hands and pronounce Aaron's blessing on the people. To summarize, a priest's task was to present the offering, to pray for the people, and then to pronounce God's blessing upon his people. Now we come back to the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. As our great high priest, Christ did present a perfect sacrifice to God. He offered up his body and blood for the complete forgiveness of all our sins. His sacrifice was not something that needed to be repeated twice daily, like the burnt offering and the incense offering. Christ gave himself for us once for all. It's on the basis of his sacrifice on the cross that Christ has redeemed us. It's because of his sacrifice on the cross that he can now continue to serve as our high priest from heaven above. Luke 24 makes it clear to us that before Christ went up into heaven, he blessed his disciples. Luke emphasizes that Christ lifted up his hands and blessed them. Christ would have pronounced Aaron's blessing on his followers. He would have said those same words that the Lord commanded Aaron to use, which we still often use today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Beloved, please realize this is the first time that Christ blessed his disciples in this way. Yes, it's true that during his ministry, Jesus laid his hands on the little children and blessed them. Yet Luke 24 records the first time that Christ gives the full priestly blessing. Remember that the priestly blessing was only given after the sacrifice was brought. The reason our Lord can give this blessing now is because he had offered up himself as a sacrifice for our sins on the cross. Christ blesses his disciples because he's the great high priest who has brought the perfect sacrifice, atoning for our sins and reconciling us to God. I once read a story about a Dutch immigrant who had difficulty understanding the English language. She would attend church but not understand much of what was said. For her, 
the blessing at the end of the service was the highlight. She would see the minister spread his hands over the congregation and give the Lord's blessing. She recited the words of that blessing to herself in Dutch. She wrote that it was that blessing that stayed with her the whole week. It's the Lord's blessing that gives us strength and courage to go on. It's in the blessing that the ultimate goal of the priestly office is expressed. It lets the people of God go to their homes reconciled. The blessing provides us with peace. It speaks of how we have been restored in our relationship with the Lord God and about how He will continue to care for us. Brothers and sisters, there's one more thing from Luke 24 I'd like to draw your attention to. Verse 51 says, While He was blessing them, He left them and was taken up into heaven. The last picture the disciples had of their Lord was a picture of him going up into heaven with his hands lifted up. Christ's hands stayed outstretched as he ascended into heaven. Please note the contrast with the priests who served in the temple. The priests had to lower their hands again between each sacrifice. But not so with Christ, our great high priest. His hands remain stretched out. For now that his perfect sacrifice has been made, he offers his people a perfect blessing. A blessing which is continuous, which never ends. Can you see that Christ went up into heaven as our great high priest? Do you understand that part of his work as high priest is complete and that part of his work is still ongoing? While on this earth, our Lord has presented himself as a sacrifice for our sins to restore us to the Father. That work is finished. Our Lord offered himself as a once-for-all sacrifice. Yet our Lord ascended into heaven in order to continue his priestly work. From heaven above, he continues to shower blessings on his church. Don't doubt that the Lord Jesus is actively working on your behalf. Always remember, he went up into heaven with arms stretched out, granting his people his blessing. Having seen that our Lord went up into heaven as our high priest, we come to our second point. And we see that Christ showers blessings upon us. We've seen that these blessings are symbolized by Christ's outstretched arms. And the scriptures make it clear that they're not just symbolic. There is real content to the blessings Christ bestows on us as high priest. Just read from John 14 or Romans 8 or from 1 John 2. These passages speak about the task that the Lord Jesus Christ is fulfilling on our behalf today. Our catechism summarizes the contents of such passages in question and answer 49. It makes clear how Christ's ascension into heaven benefits us today. 
It speaks of how Christ intercedes for us, how he has opened heaven for us, and how he has given us his spirit to draw us to him. When speaking about the benefits of Christ's ascension, the Catechism first mentions that Christ is our advocate in heaven before his Father. This term advocate comes from 1 John 2. John writes, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Another word for advocate is a lawyer or a mediator. An advocate is someone who speaks on your behalf, someone who pleads your case for you before a judge. We may draw immeasurable comfort from the fact that Jesus Christ is our advocate. He speaks for us before the Father. Even though we are a weak people, even though we sin again and again, even though we cause God as righteous judge to be angry with our sins, yet we may appear before him. And God does not pour out his wrath on us. He does not punish us as our sins deserve. For we have Jesus pleading our case. Jesus reminds the Father, He has paid for all our sins with His precious blood. God's wrath has already been poured out on Him. And so Jesus presents us before the Father as righteous and holy children of His. The point, beloved, is that Jesus has opened the way to God for us. He bridges the gap between us sinful people and our righteous God. The result is that we can pray. We may now address God as our Father, because we know that Jesus is our advocate. And you know what? Just as the priests in the Old Covenant interceded for the people... So Christ, as our great high priest, also makes intercession for us. He takes our prayers. He makes them acceptable to our Heavenly Father. When we pray, we often do so in Jesus' name or for Christ's sake. When we use such expressions, we acknowledge that our prayers do not deserve to be heard because we are but weak and miserable and sinful people. Yet our prayer is that the Father will hear us because of the work Christ has done for us. You know what, brothers and sisters, boys and girls? God does hear our prayers. We can read together part of Romans 8. Please note the comment that Paul makes in connection with our Lord's ascension into heaven. In verses 33 and 34, Paul asks, Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? And who is he who condemns? He answers these questions by saying that it is 
Christ who died, more than that, who was raised to life and is at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. God hears and he answers our prayers because Christ, as our high priest, lays them before the throne of grace for us. When you're confronted with sickness, with loneliness, with hardship in your life, are you anxious? Are there concerns that trouble you? Is there discontent in your heart? Lay your needs before the throne of grace. For as the author of Hebrews teaches in chapter 4, we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Jesus Christ dwelt in human flesh on this earth. He understands all your troubles and your temptations. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Beloved, there's a second benefit to Christ's ascension into heaven. Our catechism says, we have our flesh in heaven as a sure pledge that he, our head, will also take us, his members, up to himself. With these words, our catechism shows us another great blessing that comes from having our high priest go up into heaven. The point our catechism is making is that Christ has opened the way to heaven for us. This is truly remarkable. For with the fall into sin, Adam and Eve were banished from the Garden of Eden, from the presence of God. Sin created a barrier between holy God and unrighteous man. God could no longer stand to have the crown of his creation appear before him. Yet Christ came. He dwelt on this earth as a perfect man. He kept his human nature when he went up into heaven. A true man with a real human body is now seated on the throne at God's right hand. Our very flesh, beloved, is up in heaven. As high priest, Christ has opened the way for us to also appear before God. One of the most beautiful passages that speaks about this is John 14. There Christ tells his disciples he will leave them soon. They're distressed at this news. They ask where Jesus is going. Jesus tells them he's going to his father's house. He says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus explains how to join God in heaven. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our comfort is that Christ is not sitting idle, just waiting for the time of his return. 
He's making ready a place for us that He may receive us to Himself. In Christ, we have our flesh in heaven. It serves as a guarantee that Christ will also take us up to Himself. There's one final benefit of Christ's ascension into heaven. His disciples did not need to be sad when He left them. Luke tells us in chapter 24 that the opposite was true. Instead of being a tearful goodbye, they could let their Lord go in peace. Luke writes, Then they worshipped Him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Do you know why, beloved? It's because Jesus had promised He would not leave them alone. Christ told them, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. One of the greatest benefits of Christ's ascension into heaven is that He has sent His Spirit to this earth to dwell in our hearts. As our catechism puts it, He sends us His Spirit as a counter-pledge by whose power we seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and not the things that are on earth. Beloved of all the benefits, Christ, beloved, all the benefits of Christ would not do us any good without the working of the Holy Spirit. For it's the Holy Spirit who applies the blessings of Christ to us. He, only He, works faith in our hearts. He helps us to look to Christ for forgiveness of sins and life eternal. Christ has given them to us to make us share in all His benefits. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no inclination to pray to God in times of need. Without the Holy Spirit, it would not make any difference to us that Christ has opened the way to the Father for us. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the greatest blessing Christ has poured out on His church. For it's the Holy Spirit who makes us seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. He directs us to put our hope and trust in our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Before you go home this afternoon, you will receive the blessing of your Lord. Please remember that Christ spoke these words of blessing to his followers as he went up into heaven. Please remember, he ascended into heaven with arms outstretched. Our Lord's work is not yet finished. He continues His priestly work for us. That's why the Apostle Paul could so confidently say that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. For Christ continues to shower blessings on us. He will keep doing so until He returns. In the same way, the apostles saw him go up into heaven. 
how wonderful it is to live under the blessings of our great high priest. Amen. In response to the gospel message, let's rise and sing from hymn 42, stanzas 2, 4, 5, and 6. Thank you. 